Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins, back from vacation, refreshed, ready to hang, bringing you episodes after episodes after episodes. So much fun stuff coming up that I cannot wait to share with you. So the guest this week is Dan Smith. He is a tattoo artist for a shop called Captured Tattoo here in Orange County, California, Tustin, to be more precise. And uh, he's also fronted a lot of different bands called Dear and Departed. He also played in a band called Day of Contempt. He also was on a reality television show called LA Inc. I think it was on the Learning Channel. Can't remember exactly. It's been a few years, but he is a very interesting individual. More on him in a minute. We'll, we'll dive into the uh, intricacies of the episode after this. So let's get some business out of the way. First and foremost, so I think in order for this show to become like the most legit it possibly can be, it needs a Wikipedia page. Don't ask me why I get these weird things in my head, but I'm just like, you know what? It would be awesome to have a Wikipedia page based around the show. And realistically, as much as I would like to do it myself, that's a little cheesy. The host of the show putting together his own Wikipedia page. That sounds like egotistical, self-grandizing, I don't know, something. So I need your help. So for those of you that are fans of the show or just casual fans checking occasionally, you know, Wikipedia is a collective thing. So how about we build a Wikipedia page for the show? If you do it, if you start it and start to post some content on there, email the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. I will send you a thank you gift. It's it's a small token of my appreciation, but I will send something to you. So there's a challenge. Go out there, start a Wikipedia page, email the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. We'll, we'll talk. I'll get you something fun. And for those of you that are on the YouTubes, we, we have a I think I've got like 50 some odd shows up there. So I'm slowly getting some of the old shows up on YouTube. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, awesome. Thank you. 
Uh, a lot of people listen to stuff, music, and other things on YouTube, so we are there. Go to the website 100wordspodcast.com, and then on the right hand of the page, you'll be able to see a link to the YouTube page. Got to mention some kind people giving reviews on iTunes. Thank you very much. It makes the show legitimate in that fashion. So uh, Matty Who, Matty underscore Who, he's in the States, said, by far my favorite podcast. I'd like to see his other podcasts. I want to see what he's basing this off of before I get too excited. But thank you, Matty. I appreciate it. And then Landmark from Baltimore. He says, great reliving memories and getting to know what people are up to today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Propertyofzack.com, our media partners. Go to the website, find out about the latest and greatest in independent music. The podcast has a website, obviously, 100wordspodcast.com. Visit that. So one little thing before I talk about Dan and to Dan, I was on vacation and it was one of those things where the internet was so atrocious at this home that we were staying at that I honestly, I checked out, was on the computer a little bit. I did some emails, did some keeping up with the news, but relatively speaking, I was pretty pulled back and it's one of those things where if a news tidbit or story comes about and you miss it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like that's ultimately the conclusion I came to where it was so many of these, these quote unquote huge news stories that you miss in a day because you're, you know, hiking, playing golf, doing whatever. Um, it was so nice to not care about that for a week and to be able to like really pull the plug and disconnect. Everybody needs that. Everybody feels so connected, and that's obviously a cool part about our world. But you do have to declutter the brain. You do have to step away for a period of time in order to make you feel excited to keep up with whatever's happening in the world. Because the more you keep up with stuff, the duller your senses get. At least that's what I've noticed. So I know it sounds very, uh, tri well, I wouldn't say trivial. It sounds very common sense to like, oh, hey, unplug. But just fucking do it. Stop listening to this podcast. Pull away. Actually, don't don't stop listening to the podcast. Wait till the very end, then pull away. Unplug. Just chill out. Don't post on Twitter for twenty four hours. Something. Whatever it is is your digital crutch. Step away from it. Put the phone down. You know that there there are things that we can do. So I encourage you to do that for a moment. So, anyways, Dan Smith. He's a man of many talents. But I mean, he's an amazing, amazing tattoo artist and has done a lot of cool stuff in his life, has taken the plunge and opened his own shop. It's been open for just over a year. It's an amazing space. So he invited me down there one day to uh, hang out in one of his back offices and be able to chat. And it was cool because I could tell that he hadn't done an interview like this in quite some time that kind of hit on his music life, hit on his tattoo life, hit on his origins because he's born in New Zealand and people only know like two things about New Zealand. So we were able to kind of peel away some of those stereotypes, but it was a great chat. I was really, really thankful for him to be able to invite me over and just be able to coordinate this because he's a busy dude. He has a slam pack schedule. So for him to kind of, you know, take an hour of his day to just do this with me was very meaningful. So I appreciate it, Dan. And without further ado, here is my discussion. Talk to you afterwards. I'm going to take you, take you back to, man, it had to have been like 2004, 2005, uh -huh. maybe even a little bit. Because when did you move to the States? 2004. Okay. Then it was around that time. Because I think I met you for the first time when you were living in like that sort of storage, it was not a storage unit, but like a- It was a uh, warehouse. A warehouse. Yeah. Right. 
Um, and it was, I can't remember why it was over. I think it may have been like the cancer back guys or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah. we've had a million mutual friends, but, um, I just remember meeting you and was immediately like, okay, like you're, you're on the level. I was already aware of your presence beforehand as far as like, oh, Dan, like, you okay, know. cool. Um, but it was one of those things where it was like, um, you just, the grind you seem to be on, like you were just so focused, but at the <laughs> same time, like casual about it i don't know it's this weird like maybe it's just the whole like laid back whatever new zealand australian like that mentality because it doesn't i mean i'm sure you get stressed yes (laughs) correct right but the (laughs) but the impression that you always seem to leave and maybe it's just the people that are like in your immediate closeness know like how you can freak out but you just seemed like even keeled in a situation that was not ideal in regards to living in a warehouse with six other dudes. Right. Yeah. I mean, as far as that whole thing went, I mean, it was just what what we had to do or what I had to do to to survive. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I left home pretty young. Right. Um, in New Zealand, you know, seventeen, I was sort of already doing my own thing. Right. And um, I moved to Australia in two thousand one, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I mean, I, as long as I can remember, I just, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if I really got taught, got taught that, but I just, I knew that I, I knew that I had to do as much as I could at all times, right. whatever it takes, you know, because I feel like it's, life's there to do that. If yeah. you're not, then you, you're kind of just wasting air and taking up someone else's space, you know? You, you let it happen, yeah, that's, that's a, you let it happen, you let life happen to you as opposed to trying to dictate it. I mean, you can never plan. Well, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I, okay. I, I did let life happen somewhat, but, I mean, being from New Zealand and growing up, I mean, that's a small country, you know? Right. And, and having so much influence from other countries, mm-hmm. I feel like, I, I mean, I talk to it about, I talk to it to, to people who have left New Zealand or other people that have traveled a lot or, you know, done whatever as well, that you either are totally fine staying there mm-hmm. or you want to leave. Okay. You know what I mean? There's not really anyone in the middle like, oh, I might go overseas for a year. It's like yeah. you want to get out and because you, you know why, you know, because you're in a small country right. that doesn't have... There's more to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or or you just, I'm here and that's yeah. what I'm doing. It's you know? beautiful here. Right? And, and, and to be honest, that, you know, just being super like, I don't know, comfortable in that mm-hmm. uh, really gave me a lot of anxiety as a kid. I, I felt like I needed to, to get out and, and do like my thing. Spread your wings. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I just, I mean, I guess it was music, you know. I guess it was, it really was the lyrics of a lot of the bands that we we grew up listening to. That, that, those those bands were your education. You know what I mean? That was like, like a, that was like your window to another world. Totally, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 it, I still feel the same way. You know, it's like you can't ever explain to anyone what exactly that does to you, you know, I mean, yeah. people have touched on it, I mean, there's band, you know, obviously there's bands that are more outspoken about that, but unless you know, you don't really get it. It's hard. Know? So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I had a couple friends who did a lot of early traveling, who came over here and, and ended up um, touring with bands, you know, with like Madball and One King Down and Shut Down and, uh, you know the older group of friends that I grew up with in New Zealand, they were in basically New Zealand's first hardcore band. Um, they, uh, you know, a whole bunch of them ended up moving to New York. Okay. My friend Ben ended up playing for Snapcase. Uh, Reese ended up playing with Roger Murray. Um, 
everybody was just in it. And right. I was back in New Zealand working, uh, delivering overalls and dirty rags, uh, you know, towels and shit to, right. to, to, to mechanics and stuff, like work, waking up at 5 a.m. just to just to be done by, you know, three or four so I could go to the tattoo shop and get tattooed. Right. Just so jealous. Yeah. Just well, like, yeah, because you, you, like, you see that trajectory that they did, of what they did, and you're just like, that's where, it's aspirational. You're like, that's where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and I mean, in, the, in reality, they were just doing there what we were doing down there, you know? Sure. It, it wasn't, but, but when you're a kid, I mean, it's kind of like, it's, everything's major, you know? Oh, I mean, yeah. You get older and you're kind of like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing is really that major anymore, but right. it's still cool, you know. Like, uh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you, you but because you were born in the UK, right? Born in, in the UK in a, in a, a real industrial town in the north um, northeast called Middlesbrough. Okay. Um, and what was your family structure like growing up? Like mother, father? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Still, still together. Sure. Um, sister, everything's good. You know, normal, normal family. Mm-hmm. Um, is your sister younger yeah. or older? She's younger, three okay. years younger. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we left. Uh, we left England in '87. What, what what precipitated that move? Like, how from that's, um, that's a pretty big shift. From the- <laughs> it's a big shift, but it was around that time there was a couple of huge waves of people leaving. Okay. Uh, to New Zealand because it's in the Commonwealth. Oh, that's uh, right. You know that's what I mean? right. So it's a, it's a pretty similar way of living over there. I mean, aside from like the cultural aspect, right? Same, obviously, same language, same. Yeah you know, food, humor, it's all pretty similar. Right. Uh, so yeah, my family moved, they just wanted a better life for me. You know, England, England's a tough place uh, now more so than ever, but back then they kind of saw it coming and they saw the limitations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think obviously things would be a lot different if we, if we stayed there. Uh-huh. Um, what were they doing for work? Uh, my mom's always been a, a teacher and a, a counselor okay. and, uh, my dad was working for the newspaper. He's worked in or he used to work in the, in the newspapers for a long time, but mm-hmm. as it goes, you know, computers end up taking over everything. And it did, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, we didn't we didn't have a lot of money, but we we had sort of everything that we thought we needed at the time. Sure. You know? But but I still I still knew that I, I had to work for everything, and I, I definitely leaving home pretty early. I was faced with that responsibility pretty early. Right, right. Um, and so then when you moved down to, because you moved to New Zealand, but then you moved on your own to Australia, right? Yeah, I moved okay. in 2001 um, after a couple of visits um, to join a band there. That's the band that we ended up coming here with. Right. And um, so with the, because the, their formative years would have probably been mostly in New Zealand as far as like going to high school and that sort of stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, um, New Zealand, I mean, New Zealand is one of those things where it's like so many people, people know two things about it. They know Lord of the Rings was filmed there, uh-huh. and they know Flight of the Concords is from there. Like uh-huh. that, that. Cool. But yeah. it's like there's there's like no other knowledge besides like oh it's really pretty, and I think it's above Australia. Like yeah. there's there's no like there's just no knowledge of that. Like did you feel any sort of like you know uh, you know national identity crisis from that perspective, or was it just like everyone's like oh well we're, we got our own thing up here, this is fine. Well, the the whole laid back comment that you said before, I think, right. I think, I mean, that's, <laughs> that that's, kind of describes it. Yeah. I mean, people, people are so laid back there and, yeah. and, and everybody's, New Zealand has definitely a, a really strong um, sense of pride mm. um, for doing things differently and, and, and right. You know what I mean? Like it's a pretty green country and right. it's, it's pretty progressive in a lot of ways. Um, but like any like any country, it's got its problems. It's any any smaller country, you know, it's sure. It's it's the same. But right. yeah, I mean, um, 
So you started, you started to be like culturally exposed. What were you being exposed to down there? Um, well, just, just the history of the country, you know, my, the uh, Captain Cook actually was born in the town that I was born in, in England. Oh, wow. He, he founded New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. So it was kind of, you know, it was <laughs> historically cool. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, not that I was taking his path or anything like that, but it was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, uh, I was aware of it. And, and then obviously when I became a little older and I was aware of tattoos, uh, that was something that is obviously very apparent in New Zealand, you know, is, is tattooing in, in cultural, you know, aspects. Yeah. Sure. So tattooing is, that's pretty well, I mean, well, I guess known down there. I mean like that, that's a pretty part of, Oh, pretty for good, sure. Okay. Huge, huge part. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, pretty much aside from Samoa, it's one of the, 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 the islands down there in the Pacific that uh -huh. is most known for tattooing. Interesting, interesting. Because yeah. um, usually it's like the, the 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 correlation that obviously you can draw between you know being a musician and being into music and tattooing like that is that that's an easy link to put together. Yeah. Um, the thing that I've always found interesting is like because obviously tattooing as a subculture has always been you know on the outside. I mean now it's difficult to put in the context because you're just like oh yeah, yeah everybody's a tattoo like yeah yeah. But it, it's you know it's always been on the fringe, um, and so it's interesting to hear that 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 New Zealand had such a you know large history with that and yeah. attracted you to it. Yeah, it was something that was pretty intimidating as well though you know especially because I wasn't born there. Right. I felt like you know I mean the 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 pride and the, they call it mana in, in Māori, mm -hmm. uh, is so, I mean, so such like a huge thing that I didn't want to ever impose on that either. You know right. what I mean? I, I felt like I was kind of an import living in a crazy great place, uh, but it was, you know. You had to show, you had to show the respect for it before you really got quote unquote let in, I'm sure. In 100%, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, like, it kind of sounds like the uh, like obviously how Hawaii is in regards to like surfing and like locals only and that sort of like mentality where it's like you need to prove yourself before like you get kind of let in. Yeah, it was it was a much different time back sure. there, and, and it's not even to say that I'm I'm not even trying to say you know speak from like an old guy point of yeah, view. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? But in the last 15, 20 years, I mean everything's just changed so so much. Totally, totally. Know? And so when you when you started to get into you know like high school and started to do, can they call it high school down there? Yes. <laughs> okay. So make sure because <laughs> I, I know there's there's I mean in England primary and all those other things. But um, so yeah, once you started to get into high school, um, you know what kind of kid did you find yourself being? Like were you uh, you know were you outgoing? Did you try to play sports? Like where did you? Uh... Um, I played football, soccer for I mean my whole my whole childhood, my whole okay. you know up to up to my teens, uh, mainly because of the English connection. I mean it's, sure. It's kind of like it's, baseball is over here. Yeah, you have to play a little league. Yeah, you don't really have a choice in it. It's more like that's just what you do. It's kind of like a way of life as opposed to like, oh, let's, you know, I've got a choice of this. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I went to a really strict kind of rough boys school uh, that was pretty much like maybe 70% Polynesian. So it was, oh, wow. it was tough, but it was, you know, I found, I found the group of kids that I needed to hang around with and. I always loved music, but once I really got into it, it was me kind of hanging out in the music room and the photography room, and uh, you know. Yeah, thought yeah. you you were the art kid. <laughs> yeah, I, I I always did art. You know, I, I never really liked it like uh -huh. until I found tattoos. To me, that was the one thing that I that, that kind of connected the both. Well, connected 
uh, and music so well that I was uh-huh. just like, okay, now I know what I'm doing, you know? Like doing still life pictures, like oil painting, right. back then to me was just the most boring thing ever. Yeah, but. no, that's that's really interesting how you put that because it's like the, I mean, a lot of people, you know, look at tattooing and obviously there's like, they may view it as a, having an artistic component, there's talent there, yeah. but it doesn't get classified with a lot of the other artistic expressions, no, but it's, it's like, that was your medium, you felt, you're like, oh, that, I identify with that. Yeah, for sure. Which it's, is awesome. It, it, it's it's a trade, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, very few people were, were true artists up until, I mean, the last 10 years, it's obviously seen it explode with people who have probably been painting their whole life thinking like, oh, I can do I, this. I can, is cool. What's right. this? Yeah, 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 machine. Yeah. I'll try it. And then they rule in right. a year, you know? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I, love, I, love to, I love to think that I embrace everything modern and, and, and try not to put myself in, in the box of like, oh, you know, bitter guy. It used to that, be, yeah. Yeah, because it sucks. You end up just looking like a fool, you know, really. Totally. You're not impressing anyone, you know. It's, it's better to be the guy who's like, gets stoked on younger kids or people who, you know, you can learn things from, from everyone, you know. But it is, it is a shame to see the way, uh, the way things now are just very, very easy and very disposable, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and there's definitely a couple of generations of people that really, it, it made a huge, huge impact on their life. And it, it, it took a lot of work and a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of just traveling and doing whatever it took to, to get that education. And now it's, it's almost just like, here it is. It's, yeah, all, yeah. it's all there for you. you right. know? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're sitting here. It's like June and you're like, where has the time gone? And everybody's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. I got to like accomplish all these other things. Take a moment, focus on the things that obviously for one matter to you, but for two, look back, be like, what have I done? Well, what have I done? Not so well. And maybe I can, you know, ask some friends and family for some help, but where I have always gone to in regards to figuring out what I can do better therapy. Therapy is an incredible tool at your arsenal that you can dip into. I've done it for my marriage. I've done it for myself personally. And I'm a huge advocate for what therapy can do for you because it is a third party that's able to look at what you can do to improve your life and be a person to help you along in your journey. And so I think if you were thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and entirely suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and then boom, you're done. It's great. And then if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch it at no additional cost. So take a moment, reflect on the things you've done, reflect on the things you want to do, and visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ray. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 
over 90 years and not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. It's, it was yeah, always going to go like that, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's not like I'm kind of in, uh, you know. Well, you, the, I think the, the idea is that, you know, the best word I've heard to describe all of what you're talking about is like sweat equity. Like uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the idea that it's like, you know, you put so much effort and not even just like time because you, someone can put, you know, a lot of hours towards something mm-hmm. and just not really be you know dedicated to it. They're just doing it. But then that idea of just like really engulfing yourself and not only the culture, but like having a context for where it all comes from is the same thing as obviously like music. Where it's like Totally. I was just going to say, it's exactly the same. Exactly. You know, like... You get out what you put into it. Totally. Totally. Yes. But growing up just trying to save, you know, a few hundred bucks to, to record on some guy who has, a, you know, an eight track recorder or four track recorder or whatever. Right. Now it's just like, oh, iPhone? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's a record. Go for it. <laughs> just toss that up there. SoundCloud yeah. or whatever. Like, totally. cool. I'm a musician and I have fans and I web store in 24 right. hours and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, but i mean you know but obviously pros and cons to both sides of the fence oh totally you know and so then as you as you started to navigate through high school you yeah. said you said it was a difficult for you in the sense of it was just like tough to find the kids that you were like akin yeah. to and were you i mean totally. was it one of those like things you were you know the the stereotypical idea of like you know you getting picked on being like that kid is clearly like not one of us we need to tar- target him <laughs> yeah i mean we never really got picked on. That's okay. a, that was the cool thing. It was like, I think a lot of a lot of the dudes that were the the, the picker honors right, were, right. were had a soft spot for all of us. I don't know why. I think because we were just we had like beat beat to your own drum, so to speak. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. We just um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know the reason. Really. I've thought about it before, and it's kind of like we we didn't have tattoos. We didn't have anything. I mean, we we had undercuts, right? Our haircuts. Sure. That was probably the most extreme we could get at the boys' school without being like, yeah. Is that a mohawk? Right. You know, like that's a little high. We're like, no, no, it's just it's just this. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, was it a religious school as well? No, no, no. Okay, it's just a boys' school. No, yeah, just a boys' school. Very strict. Um, uniforms and everything as well. Yes, uniforms. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, that I always find that, especially the the all boys component and it being a very strict upbringing. Um, as far as the schooling is concerned, um, I don't think there's any other way for many people to go besides like finding rebellion at an earlier age because of that, because yeah. you're so stifled. Yeah. I mean, the thing, if you imagine every typical movie that's been made about the, the, the freaks in high school or right. whatever, like, like it was a, it was a boys school. So we weren't able to even like, other than drawing the names of our bands on our bags and stuff like that, uh-huh. or, or, you know, our favorite bands and stuff, like, we couldn't really even express, like, what we were into until after school or the weekend, you know? Right. And I left, I left that school when I was 16. Okay. And, and went to a, a co-ed school that was just kind of known for being, like, completely hopeless and completely, you know, people <laughs> smoking weed at lunchtime. And sure. Just, we can't control this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let them go. Let them go. Right. So I went there for a few more months and then, and then split. I, I split when I was 17 and got a job. Uh-huh. Um, that must have been screen a, printing. That must have been a pretty huge. Did you actually graduate high school? Nah. Oh wow, that's that's impressive for you to. Yeah. To, well, maybe I shouldn't use the word impressive, but that is dedication in regards to 
the idea of being like, all right, I'm like, I'm literally out of here. Like, because was it one of those things you dropped out because you're just like, I hate this. I can't stand this. I want to start life or like, how did that? Yeah. Okay. I I couldn't wait to get out of there. I hated high school. I hated everything about it. Got it. that caused strife at home, I presume. Um, a little bit. I mean, when I when I got it, I did work. Exper- they have work experience. Uh-huh. Um, w- like when you're 17 and in that year, right? Uh, I went to a skate shop, and then I went to a screen printer. Okay. And the screen printers offered me a job, and at that time, I was like, "Wait, I can move out of my bedroom printing right. these shirts." I did hand cut descendant stencils to. An actual somewhat legitimate operation. Okay. Yes. Right. I'm all about it. So. Got it. Um, I did it. So you and felt, yeah, you felt like you, you quote unquote graduated and you moved to this. Yeah. 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 yeah there was no looking back. I knew, I, you know, I think I, like, yeah, I just, I just, you know, I had to get out and, uh-huh. and, uh, at did that point in time I was in, I've been in a band for a couple of years and. Oh, so you were, you, were, you were playing in bands in high school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what was, yeah, what yeah. was the first band that you... Well, what year did that happen, and what was the first band? Well, my first band was... Oh, yeah. Gotta have the first, first band. My first band, I was probably 13 or 14, I think. Okay. And it was called Pomegranate. Pomegranate. Okay. Yeah, not pomegranate. Right. Pomegranate. P-O-M-E. is slang for an English person. Right. And then granite is rock. Right. So it's English rock. Um... Were you describing your sound as well with the name? That was sort of secondary. Okay. I think the, like the funny kind of weird yeah, yeah, name yeah, yeah, yeah. at the start was was definitely what we were going for. Um, and what did you do in the band? Uh, I played guitar. Okay. And sung. And uh, yeah, you know, typical first band stuff. I mean, we... Ter- terrible punk, terrible rock. What were you trying to... Uh... Terrible... Well, I, I thought it was great. Right. I mean, at the time, yeah, terrible. I mean, jeez. No, no. You heard the demo? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've heard the demo. No. Yeah, retrospectively, we can all look back on our first bands and be like, a lot of that was awful. Maybe it was cool. Like, yeah. obviously, it was cool at the time because you didn't know any better. Yeah. It was, it was definitely beginner English punk that you would, you know what I mean? Like, influenced by, uh-huh. you know, the, the compilation punk CDs or, or okay. tapes you okay. know, back then. Like, sure. So you think you're punk. Right. Buzzcocks. Perfect. Yeah, Sex yeah, Pistols yeah. Clash. The start of you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. And did you, was was that just, was you playing out of band, were you playing in the band, was that a notion of like, I really want to do this, like I want to perform and kind of be in a yeah. band? Yeah, that yeah. Was I okay. grew up with music. My dad was, was a mod in England and he brought his whole record collection over from, from England and from the youngest age I can remember, I was flicking through each each record, and yeah. so that's that's where my music education comes from. Initially, was you know you got you pushed off on the right totally, yeah. totally. He he was very diverse, um, but really the stuff I gravitated to was all the bands I mentioned. You know, a, a lot of New Order, mm-hmm. Joy Division, a lot of the Manchester music stuff. That at the time I could even from a young kid I could tell that there was an element of um, hardship to all those bands, or, or something I connected with that that uh, I liked punk, but it, to me it was the, the whole snotty thing was I liked it for the age that I was at, but I think there was always in my head I was like, there's always something you know, there's something more yeah. to all of this. Of course. So when I started listening to a lot of all you know those bands, it was kind of like, oh, this stuff's really real, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I grew up quickly or what, but it was like. Yeah, it sounds like I you had just, a pretty. Yeah, you, I was just attracted to that stuff right. a lot more, you know, stuff that told a bit more of a story than like 
you suck, this sucks. Yeah, everything, everything sucks, sucks right? You know? Great yeah, but, um, so yeah, once yeah. you started off on that foot, then you, you kind of always had that in your head, like you wanted to play in a band. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 100%. So then my next band was called DSM. Oh, okay. Uh, we were in the photography uh, class, and me and two other friends approached another friend and said, hey, we're going to start a band. Nice. And he cracked up and was like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, what's it going to be called? Dexter Schneider and Mo? And we're like, yeah. Yeah. Let's shorten that. Yeah. DSM. <laughs> you just named it. Like, and, and that stuck, you know, and yeah. we ended up, tra- you know, doing some tours and we went to Australia. We put out a couple records and. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. We ended up supporting a bunch of bands that came down, um, uh-huh. Wunking Down, VOD. Second oh, wow. Wall. Okay. Um, so that was really the first taste of, of like, you know. Yeah. What, what, In- independent what punk and hard. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure too. There's there's always a novelty in regards to like when bands start from a certain area where it's like, oh, if you're a New Zealand hardcore band, you'd be like, oh, dude, did you hear? There's a band from New Zealand. Like yeah. once the word starts to travel, it's definitely yeah. that that interesting. Like, oh, dude, there's a band from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Like yeah. all these unexpected places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was literally a handful of bands. Right. You know what I mean? So, so like I said, like when uh, when I left high school and mm-hmm. really found music and, and an actual scene. It was more just like, cool, this is this is me now. Right. You know? And um, and the, the, you were also, while you were pursuing music, you were obviously also dedicated to tattooing. Like, you were... I was getting tattooed from a young age. I, I, right. I, I, yeah. But I was very apprehensive to even let the people who I was hanging around, who I was very lucky to hang around, uh-huh. know that that's what I was thinking about or wanted to do. Like, I never ever thought I was good enough. Okay. And, and the whole respect thing was very much in my mind and I was just kind of like what are you doing you can't do that like it's crazy you know? You're, so you you in your head were like I want to do this but then you were also having another conversation of like nah that's that's not realistic yeah well I'd, I'd drawn logos since I was a kid I'd drawn skate logos and band logos sure. and whatever on people's bags and jackets and I was you know I would stud jackets oh, so you, in garages and you, I was the guy you would be know? the guy yeah. so I'd be like I, Dan I need yeah. this drawn on my leather jacket here you go yeah. and you would do it yeah it's amazing. Exactly. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just, you know, I, I got tattooed a whole lot, and that was kind of my education, you know, and mm-hmm. and then eventually, obviously, they found out that I, I, I wanted to Learn. sort of get into it. But there were, you know, the, Dean, who I met when I was young and did my first tattoo, he uh, he was straight edge, he was vegan. Uh-huh. You know, this was like 97, 98. Okay. You know, so the biggest influence and role model I could have ever asked for at that age in right. my life, you know? Yeah. Like, if I didn't meet him, I don't know. It yeah. Would have been, it would, it, I doubt I would have been doing a lot of the stuff that I've done. Totally. Yeah, you just, you, you hit, like, a person or a thing or something, even if it's a person that, like, you, you don't even know. Yeah. Like, but you, you know, you identify so closely with their art. Yeah. It just, it's like a, it's like a pinball. You just hit, you just go in a complete different direction. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, like a, di- a different positive direction where you're just like, oh, I, yeah. I don't know where I would have been if it wasn't for that that thing or that person. Yeah. So basically, you were just working, you know, doing whatever to supplement you learning about tattoos and you touring, right? Yeah, I was working every day and, like I said, delivering overalls and mats and towels to these huge businesses and sure. mechanics and, some, you know, some sketchy places too, you know, just like shitty, shitty places that ended up being pretty good because... A lot of those guys wanted tattoos, so I would basically, I would start at 6, I would have to drive an hour to get there every Mm -hmm. morning. I would work till 
I could basically leave when I finished the, the, finish the run. Finish the route, yeah, yeah. So I would just try and finish it as soon as possible to be able to go to these guys when they knock off work at four or five okay. to go to their houses or wherever after work to tattoo these guys for free. You right, know? right. Um, you were doing networking without even really knowing you were yeah, doing Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went to some crazy places. Like, looking back now, I'm like, how I didn't get killed, I would, I don't Because they would say, why. like, meet at this, well, like... I went to some, like, clubhouses and some, like, you know, gang members, right. like, places and stuff. And just remember taking hours and hours doing, like, a rose on a chest, just sweating, just like, this is... <laughs> Dude, that's you like know trial by fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know... Because I'm sure you were like, if I screw up... What's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you weren't even thinking I that. I wasn't, were... and I don't even understand why I wasn't. But, like, it all worked out. You know, they, they could, you know, the guys who I learned from, they could see that. And, and, and I love those guys more than anything. And of course. They were very, very helpful. And um, Well, I'm sure I'm sure what they saw in you was, was obviously, like you were saying earlier, in regards to when you identify a young person that kind of not only has the drive, mm-hmm. but then it, the willingness to, like, learn. You know, because I, I, d- I definitely think there's a component of people that are younger that don't feel like they can, like, they don't look up for yep. advice or whatever. Yep. They're just kind of like, just yeah. out there. They're like, oh, I, I, can't, I know everything. I've, I've watched some YouTube tutorials or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you're a kid and, and, and everything's awkward, you know, you're never comfortable or yeah. confident with anything, you know? Right. And it's, it's great if you can muster the courage to, to be able to ask questions and find out things and you know i feel like that's the only that's the only thing you can do right totally. otherwise you just like what are you doing right 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 you're just i mean you're you're acting like you are an expert at something when you cl- like clearly aren't like just based off of the not only probably your age but the time you've invested into it as well it's like yeah. you probably don't know what you're doing yet yeah um and so then uh so dave dave contempt was your first real sort of uh i mean I guess internationally recognized right. musical project. Yeah, um, I moved, were I you were you in it since the inception of the band? No, no. Okay, no. Um, there was a, a lot of different members, but okay. Um, my my first or the second band right. uh, went over to Australia and did a tour, and I met those guys. And um, I think Australia was a really good stepping stone. You know, a, a lot of Kiwis end up moving to Australia. Basically, it's it's bigger and there's more people, and you can. You know, if you're playing music, you can play to more people. If you totally, doing I'm sure it's like, I'm sure it's like more people. You know, so totally, I'm sure it's like the LA where it's like, oh yeah, we move, <laughs> we move from the small town here. We got to go to LA or New York. That's yeah. Australia. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. So I kind of really knew that I wanted to do that. And the other thing with the guys at the tattoo shop, it was it was a studio. It was a it was a sort of a, a word of mouth, more of a private place. You know, uh-huh. so it wasn't. It wasn't like a walk-in, you know, place or anything. So they couldn't give me a job. There wasn't a client, you know, there wasn't yeah. like a, a clientele that was waiting for me or anything. So I knew that I had to go and get into a regular day-to-day street shop, right? you know. And so I thought if I move to Australia, I can do that. Um, that band also said that I could play with them if, if I moved mm-hmm. or whatever. And it was just kind of like, yeah, let's, let's try it out. I can put these two things together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of the next step. And... It was great because I moved to a town called Adelaide, and it was a pretty small town, but the, the, the you know the hardcore and punk scene was was huge, and there was a lot of kids that wanted you know tattoos that were popular back then, and yeah. there was kind of no one to do them really. You know? Right. So I kind of I got there, I tattooed out of my house for a while, and ended up um, meeting a guy called Shep, who was also he was more like a cross cross punk kind of dude. Mm-hmm. And, 
uh, amazing tattooer and, and he kind of, he really got me in the door, you know? Sure. I always find it interesting when people kind of step into a time and a place, like they fill a certain void. Yeah. It's like, especially. Oh man, he, it, it, him and Dean, uh-huh. I have to, I have everything to thank, you know, like, like, like I have them to thank for everything. Right. Um, yeah, he, it was perfect timing. It was perfect timing. So, um, and for you to be able to step in from the, hey, I've got some experience, and then all of a sudden there's all these people I have access to. Yeah, just from playing in the band. Right. You know, which is it's just another reason why I always like love music and love what it's 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 brought me because it it's it, it helps everything. Totally. You know what I mean? Like if I if I, if it, you've cut that out of the equation, it wouldn't have happened. You right. Know, it wouldn't have happened the same at all. So. No, it's cool, and it's cool too because it's like. There, I mean, you have the benefit now of being involved, obviously, in two subcultures, music and obviously tattooing. Um, but it, it, it's always interesting when it's like you when you meet people that, you know, whatever, get into, you know, music or some sort of subculture without without the same sort of like touchstones that you're used to. Where it's like using straight edge as an example, where it's mm-hmm. like when a person like that's 22 years old is like, oh, I got into straight edge because of this. But then it's like they've never heard of like minor threat. Like you're just yeah. like, you're like, how does that even happen? Like that's oh, yeah. it's mind blowing, you know. I feel like it's in the last like two or three years that I'm, I've been re- become really apparent that like things have really yeah changed, or I'm just like maybe I can consider myself old now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, because yeah. I tattoo a lot of kids and a lot of young, younger straight edge kids, and it, it's cool, you know, it's, totally. it's awesome. But then I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna <laughs> try to relate to them, like. So, so you, and it's just like right, no, nah, no. Nah, oh, who, who's that? Yeah, like, gorilla biscuits. I'm like, right. Oh god. Yeah. No, totally. It's like yeah. On our on from our perspective, it's terrifying because we're just like, wow, are those good, are those bands and experiences going to be lost to like our generation? But then on the other hand, it's like, oh, but that's. I mean, it's kind of cool that they're having their own thing, but hopefully that thing that they're building off of is solid enough. You know, it's yeah. not just like all oh, this band that was like straight edge for a year and that yeah. was like they're super influential it's like <laughs> really i don't know about that yeah yeah i i just tattooed um this kid trent from uh-huh. australia he's in this band relentless if you heard that. oh yeah 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 and it was so rad because I, I definitely saw a lot of myself and him and uh-huh um he hung out the whole day you know it, the whole situation was basically very similar to to the way i remember doing things like you know i'm i'm flying out tomorrow so i have one day you know, I stayed an extra day to get a tattoo somewhere. And, yeah. You know, I don't know how I'm going to get back to this place tonight, but I'm just here and I'm doing it. You yeah, know? yeah, so yeah. He hung out the whole day and it was cool, man. It was like, it made me kind of think back to those times. and Right. Um, made you reminisce, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, I was like, so how did you get into it? He's like, ah, oh, Strife were, were a huge influence on me being straight edge. And I was like, whoa, okay, yeah. that's cool. That's right. Yeah, it's you great. Know? Right. I was right. like, yeah, I think in, in 98 or whatever, we flew... Me and 11 friends, the only 11 friends probably, you know, sure, in the whole, probably North Island that were aware of Strife flew to Sydney, Australia, because they were playing there okay, to yeah. see them, you know? Right. And uh, he was just like, oh man, you went to that show? I'm like, yep. You're like, yep. That, that was so legendary. That was a deal for me back then. So, I mean, right. know, it's, it's rad that it's blowing your mind now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, once you started to, you know, plant your roots there in Australia and obviously tour out more, um, yeah. when would... Was it one of those things that you, when did you first start to feel that like things were becoming, I guess, more real for the band? Was it when you guys started to make an impact here in the States or was it like, I mean, yeah. I know like, I know you never made a huge impact here, but you were able to tour over here and like, yeah. you know. Um, 
going back to the comment I said, like if you're from like a smaller country, especially something that's a, a, a place that's not disconnected, but almost, you know what I mean? Yeah, even, r- even remote, back then, sure. Australia was fairly disconnected from mm-hmm. from here. You know, there were very few bands that would go and tour there. Um, well, again, it was always honestly, from my perspective, it was always a novelty because it yeah. was like you like when you ha- when you had a band that toured here from any from Japan from anywhere. I mean, even even more even to lesser of a degree like Europe, you were always just kind of like your calling card isn't the fact that you're a good band. Totally. You're from Australia, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. We were really aware of that. That's why we made the on our first tour here. We made the Motorhead. Uh, Instead of Motorhead England, it said Day of Contempt Australia. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, you know, and that was uh, out of uh, taking advice from people here who were just like, oh, totally. take you it. You've got to take it. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, but yeah, it was mainly bands that have kind of crossed over a little bit that ended up touring down there or, mm-hmm. you know, towards the late 90s bands. I mean, Sick of It All were there in 96, I okay. think, for Scratch the Surface. Mm-hmm. And we were too young. I mean, I was 16, so right. it was like... I, we were too young to get in, you know what I mean? We still went and, you know, hung out outside, right. it was like, whatever. And then they came back pretty regularly, so that were really the first hardcore band to go there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was like suicidal tendencies. Um, right, you, you kind of saw you, know, you kind of saw what you got. Like, yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. you could go to, you went. Yeah. And then, so when, then, when, and then once when, you started to tour over here, was it one of those things where you were, you know, was it any, any sense of, like, culture shock for you when you toured over here? Was it kind of like... It was basically all exciting every part of it was amazing to me of course you know like i didn't have any feelings of like oh man i'm missing home Mm -hmm. uh man i'm I'm missing the stuff that i that i'm used to it was just like you know whoa i'm going to halo tattoos to get tattooed and meet you know dj and Grizz and Adam Barton and yeah. all the dudes who tattooed those guys and did the artwork for all those records and you know what I mean? It was like stuff like that, like and that was that happened in obviously every city in different different ways or you know, right. meet, meeting guys from different bands that you've grown up loving and then all of a sudden you're in the same room. It's like you know, I mean, I, I still get that in a way, you know, not in like a fan fanboy way, but I think it's healthy to have that somewhat. Totally. As long as as long as you're alive, you know what I mean. Because yep. that, that, that stuff keeps you young. Of course. Um, so, so tour, tour. I mean, on that notion, like, so tour never was really a. a I'm sure later it became more of a quote unquote grind. But it's like I mean, touring become touring's a difficult beast. Yeah, it got it got difficult for sure. Yeah, uh, everybody everybody took that in in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and shortly after, I mean. I think a year and a half in, we, we split right. just because of those reasons, you know, and I, I feel like, I feel like I was a little more aware of what it took to, to actually make it happen. Uh-huh. And, you know, I mean, being in a band, you, you're dealing with four other different personalities that some, some get it, some don't, some, totally. you know, are overexcited, some are <laughs> underexcited. It's yeah. just, it's just a balancing act. And I like the way you put it though, where it's like each people react differently. Yeah, what's like, life? You know, what I, I mean? know it, it, it attacks I just, you in all in all sh- shapes and forms. Totally, you know? but you like least this, expect it, so. this this shared experience that everybody is having. You know, four or five guys on the road together. Each person is obviously going to take that differently, even yeah. though you're all seeing the same thing. Yeah. Generally speaking, yeah, and it's it it is interesting to see how that kind of you know fractures because of the way that people are. Yeah, 
there's either, there's either the guy that's just gonna like stick in a van because he's like I don't want to fucking talk to anybody. Yeah. There's the guy that's just gonna be like, could I ride in your van, other band that we're on tour with, because I need that break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's all it's all a big learning curve, you know. And I I don't know, man. I th- I feel like as long as you are learning from everything, in the hope to progress and be a better person or be a you know get to a a better place, right. it's all good, you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. If you if these things happen and it, and it forces you to kind of turn the other way and go backwards, then that to me is the biggest bum out that, yeah. that can happen for it. Sure, sure. You know? Yeah, you feel like you kind of run into a wall and then that's it. Like that's like the yeah, death I mean, of there's, whatever. There's always a way out of, of everything, you know. Yeah. And and like not trying to be that guy, but I I I, I say that because I know, you know what I mean? Like, of course. So it's when someone else doesn't have that, it's it's difficult to you know be in a van. 24 hours with them yeah no totally. you know yeah no <laughs> totally because you're yeah you because they're like, not going to listen to you either really you know no. then the animosity starts to grow and totally. it's kind of like oh well you do that because that's you but right were you I, were you kind of were you kind of the sort of like business guy of the band not by choice uh, right. <laughs> right 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 not by choice but i mean yeah it was it was somewhat shared with someone else, but it was yeah yeah because there definitely also has that mentality like especially when the person becomes sort of the either by choice or by default the band representative there becomes that element of like the guy that isn't involved in any of the business looks at you and is like like why are you making me do this I didn't yeah. really want to do this show or whatever and yeah. it's like dude but like there's here are all these reasons why we did it like yeah. we talked about it yeah you yeah. didn't say it yeah yeah I think the thing was. Me always having tattooing as well was that was just obviously me and, and someone else does it. You yeah, know what I mean it was yeah. it was just a, a purely not selfish in the, in the bad sense of the word, but it was just yeah I could disconnect from everything else and and once that start once I started to do pretty good from it, it was kind of like man yeah you know, as much I always had my priorities straight that the band was a hundred percent sure what I was working towards and and would often float as, you know yeah to, to make it happen but. When push came to shove, it was just like, oh, man, I don't right. know. This is it. Just got so unhealthy. Totally, people weren't happy, and people were leaving, and it was just like, all right, what are we? High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. 
This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Yeah, and then when you made when you made the move to the states, like the big jump, like did you? Well, um, this was after we moved. Right, this is yeah, after. This is, yeah, this is like a couple years after. Right, we I mean, moved. you're referencing your time in the Dear Departed, where where it was like you know you were like you like you were saying you were supplementing. You you the band was existing off of your tattooing, like as far as like the financial responsibilities, like I, you were funding yeah, a lot. Yeah, I, I was referencing both bands, but right. that was just. I don't know. I just I never thought about it. I just thought I'm I'm able to do that, so that's what I need to do to totally. make it to make it happen. Right. You know, I definitely. I don't know. I like I like to think I like to consider myself a selfless person because I feel like you just go. You know, if you don't give what you can, then you're a dick. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I think you were also too. You were functioning out of the hope that whatever you were investing in was obviously going to like pay off from that perspective exactly. and like not and not yeah. from like a selfish standpoint but just like well it doesn't matter what i'm doing right now because like this hopefully will lead to something yeah. i felt i felt i was lucky to be able to do that right so, so i should yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah you're exactly right was you know? there was was there a point um was there ever a point where you were like fuck this i just need to like either move back to australia or like like I mean, was there ever that, that sort of like, you know, pick up your bags and like go back home, like moments? No. 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 It was all just focused on, I mean. I, mean, I could have been the only one, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I felt like, I, I sacrificed a lot personally to, to make that move initially, do yeah. you know what I mean? So I felt like it would it would go back on that. Right. To, to yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do that. Sure. <laughs> You're like, you know? that never, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure too because you you were moving from a, a safe environment from your profession. You know, you're working in a shop and stuff like that. Yeah. To I mean, even though you did set yourself up to be here because you were you were tattooing with Jim when you first initially came over here, right? Yeah, yeah. He was he was a huge reason um, confirming kind of the possibility of being able to move here. Right. You know, like band stuff. I mean, I was somewhat realistic in the fact that like, sure. I mean, you can you can get tour offers all day but yeah you know whether it happens or not that's another thing and whether that leads to any kind of yeah label stuff or (laughs) whatever i mean that's another thing again so i I needed some kind of some kind of solidarity in in the tattoo side of things and jim was amazing i met him i think in 2001 or Mm. two when i first when we did our first tour here Uh and he was just like you know I'll, I'll definitely try my best to make sure that you have a job anywhere that I'm at. You know, like yeah. if you want, if you ever think about moving, you should, and and I'll do whatever I can. So right. to me, that was kind of like, whoa. <laughs> and then and then the whole music connection, Death by Stereo, right. as well. I was kind of like, is this kind of like the American Dean that I grew up with? Is yeah, this, yeah. You know, not really, but it's a similar thing. You know, and it's right. just like, rad. Like, this is an opportunity. Yeah, it's an opportunity. I can't. I'm a, like I don't like losing opportunity or dropping opportunities. You know what I mean? Right. Because it could be your last. You know, so you got to take it. You right. Know? Maybe some. Maybe that's being a little naive on some. You know, on some occasion. But 
that was definitely something that was a big kind of like green light, you know, like yeah, yeah. gotta do it, gotta do it. Right. And he's from Orange County, and there was we just met so many people. Right. From touring, Throwdown. There was a, there was enough vision right. waiting through. It was just like there's enough trust there, right? right. Yeah, it was just like a, a cool thing that we could just like jump straight into. And we yeah, did, and it was right. Yeah, and something that always that I always admired in our conversations that we were having this, you know, fast forwarding a few years, like obviously once you were doing the you know LA Inc stuff, and like yeah. you, you were, you know, you rose to prominence in regards to the, and I'm sure you hate this term, but you know, celebrity tattooer, like you know that 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 idea. But the, the one thing that I was always found so endearing, and honestly, it always came across to me, whether or not, you know, either you were on camera or obviously since I knew you prior to that, like you, you looked at this, looked at the reality show as an opportunity rather than like, I, this, this is my thing now. Like, I am on the <laughs> stage. I am going to capitalize in, in a way like it didn't feel it felt just like another thing you were adding to your repertoire. As opposed to, like, because people can get, from the reality show basis, people can get chewed up and, like, yeah. completely spit out. But you always seem to approach it where it's just like, this is a thing I'm doing that's weird as shit. I don't know why that I'm involved with this. But, like, I don't know. Well, that eases the guilt a little bit, so thank you very you much. <laughs> so you did, you, um, did you really wrestle with guilt, like, as you were, like, either... Oh, I mean, it was ridiculous. Really? Was ridiculous. Like when you, when you were, was it either when you were in the middle of it or when you, when the opportunity was kind of, like, presented to you? Well, I'm I'm a positive guy, so it's kind of like I feel like it's 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 positivity has gotten me out of some some shitty situations. So uh-huh. it's like when when you're faced with something like that, that 95 or 99 percent of people have no idea about the inner workings of a reality show, let alone oh, totally. any show. You know what I mean? It's 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 grossly manipulative. Of course, you know it's depending on the. You know. Depending on the context and what they're yeah, trying to get across, it's, it's, right. but that was, you know what I mean. So I was kind of in, in two minds about it, where I was like, "Well, this is completely opposite to everything I've ever known and right. ever wanted to do." Right. But it's a platform to be able to educate people. To you know, obviously, it's an opportunity for the whole world to see what I do. Yep. So if I'm giving, if I'm showing that what I do is has integrity or is cool, or I'm giving light to the people that I think need that uh-huh. then I, I felt a responsibility to be that guy you right. know because I, I was I was given the opportunity not someone else right you know and I also thought well if someone else gets this they're probably gonna you know think it's their platform to stardom which it's not right you know so I, I don't want to waste the opportunity you know what I mean so I, I just tried my best to to bear with it and you know I, I loved being able to wear T-shirts of people that you know, well, you were, see the thing, needed it. I right, love you being were, able to do the PETA thing. I love being able to do all that stuff. You were you were you were conscious about it. like that's like I said. That's what always struck me, where it was just like because there there are opportunities like where anytime I see a person who like comes from where we have come from that has some sort of like mainstream level exposure and they don't do something that represents themselves, like you feel like it's just a squandered opportunity. Yeah, where you're just like. Oh, why didn't you do that thing? Like, you know, like, yeah. I mean, another person that, you know, mutual friends, like, you know, Andy Hurley, where it's like, you look at what he does with Fall Out Boy, and you're just like, yeah. the guy is constantly talking about militant veganism, yeah. representing straight, like, all yeah. these subcultures, and, like, the kids that he influences because of that, it's like, it's great. Yeah. And you don't feel like he yeah. loses himself in that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I just feel that, like, the, what you did was, in my mind, was representative of who you were, regardless of the circus that surrounded you. Which yeah. I'm sure 
it was that constant pull. It was, it was, it was, it was very, very difficult. And most people will never truly know that, but it's, it's, um, you know, doing something that has such a spotlight on something that you, you love and you, you know, yeah, you've almost pretty much died for. Right. Um, and handing it over to a bunch of people that really don't give a shit about it. Of course. Other than it's entertainment. Yeah. Like there's an element of that that I understand because that's 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 the arena that it is. It's a, it's a TV show, sure. Right. But I feel like there was a lot that could have been done that wasn't. I feel like it, it purely comes down to the producers and the people that you know. It comes down to the, ed- the people editing it. It comes down to the you know. There's like dozens of people involved in this right. one thing, and you know, obviously you film for hours a day, and they they show not even an hour. A week, of course. you know, so it's like right. they're gonna cut and paste every right. juicy statement hey, that yeah. you make and just put that in. So, totally. hey, Dan, yeah. what's your storyline? Hey, yeah. let's let's workshop yeah. this, Dan. So there was there was a real, <laughs> it was you know, I had to be very very um, conscious in particular of what I would say as uh-huh. and, and kind of think ahead into the future of what they would end up editing right. and what they would use. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, um, well, yeah, you, and you just came. You, I mean you just came at it from a very unique perspective because I don't think a lot of people um, honestly probably put that much thought into you put that much thought into like not only like who you are and what you're trying to represent but then the fact that like you start to know where it's like well maybe I shouldn't say that because that will be used against me in an edit later <laughs> yeah which which they would do yeah you know, they, yeah, they yeah, would yeah. cut and paste different statements or whatever and, and, and put it in a different a completely different conversation yeah yeah I'd yeah. have like a different shirt on and a different hairstyle and, and then but most people who watch it don't even see no, it that's no. a crazy thing right. so you know were yeah. you were you were you relieved when that that tr- when that period not even so much like working at the, that shop but were you relieved when the show kind of went away I was relieved sure I was definitely relieved I mean I I, I really appreciate everything that Kat did and, and the course. opportunity and stuff and I, I love her but um it got to a point where it was so toxic, like yeah. the, the relationship between um, the network and everybody. Well, me and her basically, and, and, yeah. and Corey, the you know the the people who who were on the show. That it was just so horrible. It was like that stuff made me kind of old pretty quick, you know. And and I just I knew I, I knew it had to stop. So yeah, I was I was grateful it, it, it finished. Yeah. Um, and I was also grateful that it, it kind of finished when it did because there seems to have been in the last you know couple of years a total storm of a lot of other shows you know what I mean that yeah. um, you know I, I got to choose my, my client on the show um, so each client I would push for friends people in bands people right. writing books people doing great things you know sure. and uh, I love that about it and I feel like people who watched it loved that too because they were being educated right and I didn't want to just do another loss in the family tattoo yeah yeah and talk about the same stuff you know totally. like, I'm not I mean obviously it comes with the job somewhat you know but I'm, I'm not a therapist I can speak from the heart I can you know I've always done that right but um there's a there's a time where it's just it just becomes too much so well, and it's, it's also that it, that quickly became a trope that quickly became a cliche yeah like in the context of those shows where yeah. you're just like like oh like this is a here's a very emotionally charged story yeah. like hey Dan how about you walk through this family tragedy with them yeah 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 and it's like I've I've had tragedy on my own I was like I don't 
right. I don't want to talk about that with you. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> I understand say? what it's like. I don't. Right. I don't feel. But there's people that, that really want that, and that's that's the crazy thing. So you got to really kind of choose your, your, right. your ground. You know, choose where you stand on all, all that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um, that's just really interesting. But I mean, yeah. What, whatever whatever guilt you had about it, I, I absolve you of it. No, it's can, not guilt. No, no, no it's I just kind of like. I, I'm sure. I mean, well, I mean, guilt in the sense of like you said, you felt that you felt that own it, your own internal pressure on on what you kind of wanted to deliver, you know, to the show. Yeah. Like, and then obviously, because I'm sure, I'm sure it was you were excited about the opportunity when you initially when it was initially presented with some, you know, I'm, I'm sure some conversations in your head. But then once you started to see like what was happening with it, then that's when the yeah. I think the only guilt would be really from. The fact that as uh, that I had faith in it being something a lot cooler than sure. it was, right, right. Faith that I mean, and, and, it, and it quite easily could have been, right. You know, <laughs> totally. Uh, two last things I want to hit on was uh-huh. the um, the you know when you taking the notoriety that you obviously received from the show and just the, the general awareness of you, um, you know, it seemed to parlay perfectly into obviously like the shop we're sitting in now, where it's like the, the idea of you opening up your own shop. Was this something that you always wanted to do in regards to like having your own shop? Because a lot of people, you know, just just to present this notion, a lot of people, it's like because now once you own a shop, you're the boss. Mm-hmm. No one starts off something that they're into being like, dude, I can't wait to be a boss. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait to have yeah. employees. I can't wait to like worry about like you know HR policies and like you know stuff that is yeah. you know yeah. Um, so. Was that always a notion of, of you, like, God, I can't wait to have my shop, or, man, I would love to work in a cool shop, like, you know, where, where'd your head always sit with that? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, since you own the shop now, like, yeah, I'm sure there's a desire there, I, right? I, I never, ever wanted to be a boss. I don't think I am a boss, you okay. know what I mean? I, I, the way my shop is set up is a lot different to a lot of other shops, because we, we just work on appointment only, so everybody here has their own thing going, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I never, ever had a plan. It was just okay. with anything, with anything. I just, I just, uh, I didn't have like a, a long-term plan. It okay. was just kind of like, well, I think we should do this. I think as it was coming, uh-huh. opportunities were coming. It was just like yay or nay kind of thing. But um, as far as tattooing goes, I was in Hollywood. Um, obviously, the polar opposite to where I grew up in New Zealand. You mm-hmm. know, it's. Um, I feel like it's a great place. While, depending on what you have on your plate, it's a great place. Right. I feel like it definitely is a place that you go and take from, and I think everybody who lives there is completely oh, aware of that. Very true. You know, um, so that's that's kind of what I what I wanted to do. You know, I, I lived down here for five years before I moved up there, and loved it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I grew up by the beaches and mountains and right. everything like that. Orange County has that. The plan, if any, if 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 I at all had a plan, it was to come back and live here. But I never really planned on opening my own place. Um, you know, when you spoke about the warehouse, I mean, I was tattooing out of there, so that was, yeah. in, my, in my eyes, this is <laughs> just a fancy sh- version of that, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's so good, you're just like, essentially shop is kind of where I set up for that particular yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this place has heating and air conditioning, which is a bonus. Right, and, um, and it was never a recording studio attached to it. <laughs> it's true, and first. it was never like a squat, basically, and you know, wh- whoever is staying there. <laughs> right, and, right. I mean, you know, so yeah, it's... Um, this place allows me to do my thing. Right. You know, it's it's decorated in a way that I'm proud to, you know, 
let people know that that's what, kind of what I'm about and, right, and it right. has a feel that I think people really like and it's just um, yeah you know we're not in a busy part of town we're not trying to yeah well it's cool because I mean it definitely it, it, it matches with your personality in regards to like it's not this this high octane like you know what because I mean a lot of t- tattoo shops definitely have uh, similarities to like a gym in regards to like the alpha male like let's get a fucking tattoo like yeah there are some of those you, you just walk in you're like that is a vibe that I, I personally don't ascribe to but yeah. other people like you know identify with it like yeah where but this not only the shop but the location like everything vibes with your personality so yeah. like that's I mean that's important <laughs> yeah it is important you know I'm, I'm definitely very happy here and I, I just love that I can do what I what I do in the way that I can do it here and mm-hmm. um you know, I have a couple other guys who I work with that have definitely worked very hard to, to, to you know, get what they've got as well. So right. it's totally a, a what you put in, you get out kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, you know, with with tattooing getting so popular, it's there's a lot of young people getting into it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's very disposable now, you know? So I think, you know, working hard at something for a long time is, is the only way to make it pay off for a longer time, yeah. you know, and, and well, I, I like career, right? As I opposed lo- to a phase that you're into, you know. I love, and I, I also love. I re- it really resonates with me earlier what you were saying in regards to tattooing being a trade, because you know a lot of the people that are um, you know involved. I mean, especially just because the internet creates nine million jobs that aren't even like you're just like that's a job, like okay, yeah. like updating a person's Twitter is a job, like yeah, it's crazy, yeah. and you do yeah. that from before. So the idea of a trade, like doing something with your hands, like yeah. building something, um, like that's, you know, it's kind of a bygone uh, bygone thing of the past where it's just like a lot of people like don't yeah. have that either respect for it or like, yeah. oh, it's just, oh, that's cute you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I, growing up around people that have, had, had done it for a long time before me uh-huh. was really the, the only way to learn that stuff, you know, and just seeing firsthand and having the utmost respect for that. Right. Um, you know, like knowing that whether it was tattooers, whether it was, you know, bands, it's just, you gotta, you gotta work hard. Yeah. You know, you gotta work hard, man. <laughs> totally. Shit otherwise. As, as simple as it is. <laughs> and then the, the last thing I want to have is the fact that you, um, well, kind of two things in one, where it's like, obviously you, um, you know, how long have you been married now? Five and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Um, six years. And so I'm sure, I mean, her being obviously an artistic individual as well, she completely understands and identifies with everything that you're doing, yes. um, which I'm sure is an important, important component of your relationship. Very important. <laughs> I'm very lucky to have found someone who's as understanding and supportive and, you know, as cre- you know, creative in their own in their own right as, right as she is yeah yeah because i mean there's there's that there's that element of like you know because you have to travel so much and do all these these things yeah there's an element of, of logistics and her understanding i'm sure like w- was there any sort of navigational process as you guys were like you know dating where it's like oh like this is what i'm signing up for if i am being with dan like you know, did you have to yeah i mean i think she knew what she was getting into sure. uh, I'd, I'd already been tattooing and been, you know touring for a long time mm-hmm. um we did, you know, we did the long distance thing for a while when she was finishing, um, you know, her training in Florida. She she lived in Florida, so there was definitely amount of uh, an element of whatever it takes in a in a completely new world now. Right. You know, not band, not not tattooing. It was like you know, real life shit. <laughs> totally, you know, like I got to make this work 
because she's the one, you know? Right, here's this um, responsibility I feel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, man, she's she's an angel, you know? She's the best. It's like, that, that's uh, cool you felt that weight on yourself, though, where it's oh, like you felt like you needed, like... Still do. Completely, you know? That's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think a lot, of, like, I think a lot of people, especially in the context of, like, independent music, there's that, or independent music and, like, any artistic expression is the, you know, the stunted adolescence, where it's like, yep. you're allowed to be a kid for years and years and years. Yeah. But then never it'll, really... It'll get you. Totally. <laughs> but then never, like, never really kind of introducing any sort of real responsibility in your life besides feeding yeah, your own yeah, mouth, yeah. you know? I'm really flattered that you say all these things. I, 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 I don't really know what... If there was one single thing that happened that made me go, hey, you've yeah. kind of got to be responsible and you've kind of got to... <laughs> Do what you gotta, you know. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think a lot of it is just it's you can add ball lyrics. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it could be. It could, could be some sort of thing just like sticking in there, and it's like. But yeah, I mean, I think there's there's something. Certain people are kind of you know cut out for it, where it's like you can tell that they can you know sort of step up to the plate and be responsible. But then there's other people where you're just like. I'm scared for you. I don't know what you're going to do. I'm, I'm literally like. I'm scared for you. Right. You're going to be 35 years old, and you're going to have like. Like, you were going to be doing the same... Like, there's nothing wrong with doing the same stuff since you were, like, 15 years old, because that's, like you were saying, that's what keeps you young. Yeah. But, you know, you got to have some sort of larger mentality about it, like... Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think, I think you know, between us, we've, we've got some great friends that are that are role models as well. You sure. Know? And as, as you grow old, with, grow old with people like that, they're teaching you as much as maybe you're teaching them and you don't even know it. Yeah, no, totally. Know? Yeah, it's, that, it's just that, that sort of, like... You know, because it, it, there is a, a notion of like you know aging gracefully within the context of doing kid shit, where it's yeah. like you can't look like, you know, you don't want to, you know, being we're both in our mid thirties, being that age and like dressing like you're a fifteen year old. You're just yeah. like, like, yeah, you can't do that. My, one of my one of my old friends, Lawrence, who, uh -huh. who lives in Atlanta now, but he's from New Zealand. Uh -huh. He told me a long time ago that, that every every person you meet, you learn something new about yourself. Oh yeah. You know? Which I I'll never forget that, and I, I really you know, it's it's totally true. You yeah. Know? Like if if you can't meet anyone and 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 kind of have conscious thought about something, and then either make a decision or or at least think about something that maybe you've done or you, something that you want to do right. that's influenced by that person, then you know. Yeah. It's you're not learning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not putting forth the effort. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you'd be a vacant person, you know? It's just, like, I meet so many people here on a daily basis, but the amount of people that I've learned from who, on paper, I probably wouldn't have thought in a, in a, in a lifetime that I've learned from, Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge, yeah. Well, I, I don't think there's a better way to put a cherry on top of that as okay, far as cool. I'm concerned. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Dan. I appreciate thank you. it. I really appreciate it. So that was Dan... What a what a nice chap, right? Just a just a good dude. Solid individual that continues to get better at what he does. Like I love the determination of the craft and I like the way that he spoke about tattooing as 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 a craft, as the same thing as like a mechanic does or you know, working with your hands. I love that. Partially just because I don't have any real talent when it comes to that sort of stuff. So when I observe it in action it's awesome to see i love it so email the show 100 words podcast at gmail.com the producer as always so steadfast in his dedication to this podcast is tom richfield my best internet buddy and visit the website 100 wordspodcast.com visit propertyofzack.com and uh, next week 
is is a I wouldn't say two parter, but next week is a very special guest. Hirakesh Hiraway. He is a podcaster and he's also a musician, but he does this amazing podcast called Song Exploder. And I was just so excited that he was interested in talking to me. There's that episode. And then there's an episode after that that is extremely exciting as well. There's so much fun stuff. Basically what I'm doing now is I'm finding these people in different areas of media and entertainment that have some connection to punk rock, hardcore, whatever you want to call it, independent music and want to talk to me about that. It's so cool because there are people that you would never expect in certain walks of life. It got the music inside of them and not just like, oh yeah, I'm kind of into it. It's like, no, they are tuned in. Until next week, be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino.com! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino! You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top ten for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.